You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. It is March 11th, 2021. On the show today, it is part two of my crossover podcast with Dan Wilson of Locked On Phillies. We talk about the bullpens more and also what team we think is going to end up having a better record. Um, one quick note before we get into things. Actually, two quick notes. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the best place to find affordable parts for your car or truck. Also, the uh, the spring training stuff, you know, I want to cover it, obviously. And I told you guys I do a wrap on Friday. That's what we will do. Two games are going to be, or have been, slash are going to be on uh, the radio for the Nats. There has been the game yesterday, Cardinals and Nats, was on the radio. And then today's game, who they're playing the Marlins, is also on the radio. You guys can hear Charlie Slow's call the action there. So I know we're trying to find ways to get Nationals content. And also, too, you know, I've been talking a lot with Lucas Smith. Uh, of the Locked On Cardinals podcast about yesterday's outing, how Max Scherzer looked, watching the interviews too. So we're going to have a full kind of spring training weekly week recap on the show tomorrow. So you guys will be able to kind of get uh, your fix of what happened this week and we can kind of work through all of that together because once again, we're not all able to see it. And uh, the nefarious means sometimes guys do not pan out. Uh, so I'm telling you, not for lack of trying. We're trying to, trying to make it happen here. But uh, you guys will enjoy my conversation today, part two of the Crossover Podcast with Dan Wilson. Yeah, and these two teams, I mean, once again, like both of them have really focused the bullpen. Uh, the Nats last year, that bullpen did not, there were guys that did not want to be involved in the back end being involved. Obviously, that acquisition of Will Harris, you know, he, he struggles and has the injury. Daniel Hudson, fine, not totally himself. And then they go and they get Brad Hand. And, you know, this offseason they were had, you know, also they had Jeremy Jefferson in the mix there, but weirdly just gets released. Really odd situation. Um, that was that was bizarre. It happened the other day. I'm not sure if you saw that. Like he, did you see that? He, he gets released and he starts tweeting. You know, he talks about his former agent saying he got him fired, and it was just like one of the more uh, bizarre offseason stories. But obviously, they're gonna have Hudson, Harris, Brad Hand, Wander Swear. They like a lot. And then you know, obviously, somebody last year who was very good was Taylor uh, Taylor Tanner Rainey. Excuse me, Taylor Rainey. Tanner Rainey. So th- I, I think uh, I think the bullpens in this division are gonna be something to watch, right? Those four teams, uh, the Nats, Phillies, the Braves, and the Nets, all should be able to hit, right? I mean, at least the front part of the Nats lineup should be able to hit. The question is, I think, I think over the long haul is like whose bullpen is going to protect those leads, right? Whose bullpen is going to be better at making sure that you close out games and get W's against other opposing very good lineups, right? And, I mean, and that's the big question. The Phillies it felt like didn't even do it once a year ago. I mean, they had a seven, nothing lead and a seven in game, mind you up in Buffalo last year against the blue Jays that they managed to give away. I mean, no lead was safe. And, and I don't even say that. I think it's more of their bullpen to start off. Well, because I think there's a big, there's a big part of, you know, fans and maybe even a team too, that if they start getting leads and blowing them there, there'll be a element of here we go again. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 you, and you need to keep that out of, you need to keep that out of everybody's minds from the beginning. I think starting I'll, off strong. I'll throw something else out to you. I, I made the argument that the starting pitching might even be a bigger point of concern because I feel like they addressed the bullpen again on an, on paper. They have some guys who throw hard. Some of you know whether it's control issues, command issues. There are going to be outings for some of the guys I just mentioned. 
that aren't always the best. I mean, someone who I'm really getting excited about and looked really great the other day was Jose Alvarado. And a few names that they didn't even mention that based upon how this rotation is shaking out with Moore and Anderson, guy like Spencer Howard, who is, you know, was the top prospect in the organization still is there. They've talked about managing his innings this year. Now they're not sure whether maybe they manage that through the bullpen or they do it through some major league starts. Maybe they start him down in AAA, whatever the case is. And another guy in Vince Velasquez, which just makes every Philadelphia fans eyes roll because they've, he's been on the team for six years and they're bringing him back. And he's proven that he's not a major league caliber starter but he does have the stuff to pitch in the big leagues, maybe for like an inning or two. Do they finally actually commit to putting him in the bullpen? Do they add some depth there? The back end of this rotation, the argument I was going to make is that this rotation arguably has a larger role than this bullpen does because the bullpen's not good enough to give you four or five innings a night. Like they need starters who can go deep into games. Aaron Nola, you know, regarded as one of the best pitchers. What's the rotation look like? Stack it up for me. So rotation, rotation as it stands right now, and as Girardi rolled it out in the first week of spring training, Aaron Nola, he's your ace. He's your number one. He has been for some time. He's going to be the first pitcher, assuming nothing happens here, knock on wood. We're sitting here on March 9th. Assuming nothing happens, he's going to be the first uh, Philly to start four consecutive opening days since Steve Carlton's. That's kind of a nice little uh, tidbit for you there. Number two starter is going to be a guy in Zach Wheeler. Again, a guy you're familiar with within the NL East. Uh, He had his lowest ERA in his career last year. I highlighted on a a little self-plug last year how he went to uh, his fastball a lot more and really declined the amount of sinkers he was throwing. And again, he got that ERA below three a year ago. Zach Eflin did the exact opposite, really increased the amount of sinkers he threw a year ago, had the best year of his career. He's improved every year the past few. That's their top three that I think they really like, and I'm really excited about. Matt Moore and Chase Anderson. Matt Moore, a guy who went and pitched in Japan a year ago, and, of course, Chase Anderson, who everyone remembers with the Brewers. No one's – and he had an awful year uh, a season ago with uh, Toronto, I believe it was, and his ERA was in, like, the seventh. So you're looking at two guys that they decided to – rather than going after a Paxton or an Oda Rizzi or a bona fide number four starter, they decided to split the money and spend three to $4 million on Velasquez, Moore and Anderson, and kind of just go with depth at the end of the rotation and guys who can give you quality starts or serviceable starts at the very least is the word being thrown out. Those guys need to go somewhat deep into games. You can't have half the, the starts you're getting in the rotation, only going five innings and asking this bullpen to close it down for four. So that's why I highlight that I think that's maybe even a bigger question mark for me, because if those two guys flame out and they don't work out like you want them to, and you're constantly mopping up the mess, you can kiss any shot of competing in this division. goodbye. Yeah. And that's, that's what's, that's what the Nats are facing this year. You know, you know, you got the big three back, you got Scherzer, you got Strasburg and you got Corbin. And uh, the questions for those guys individually are Strasburg is coming off injury Scherzer pitched a year where he was clearly in some discomfort, not helping the entire time. And Patrick Corbin mentioned the same thing too. And I think a lot of pitchers bounce back. The key for them is that four and the five. And uh, they've got at number four, John Lester, it looks like, which not, I mean, and I've been saying this a bunch, but people have been defending it a bit more than, uh, than I have. And I think it's because people like the idea of John Lester, but to me, two factors, age up numbers down don't like those two things um, and numbers down, not as in the ERA is going down uh, the, the numbers are going down in terms of, you know, positivity. So 
I, I would say John Lester, you know, he just had a minor surgery. We'll see how that affects him too, to have a thyroid gland removed. And, you know, the fifth, the fifth spot's up for grabs between Joe Ross, Eric Fetty's in the mix again. Um, and then they got Rogelio Armenteros uh, to come in. And I, Signing, honestly, Dan, to be honest with you, I didn't even come across my radar and um, I knew they'd made it. Didn't really talk about it on the show because I, I thought Dave Martinez was blowing smoke when he said the guy had a chance to be the fifth starter. Turns out he was not lying. They're going to give him a chance. So both these teams, I think the question marks, the back end of the rotations, um, they, they are unlike the two teams at the top, right? The Mets and the, the, Mets and the Braves have – very few questions uh, about who's going to be starting games to them. And if somebody is to take a uh, long time from recovering from injury, i.e. Noah Syndergaard, uh, i.e. you know Mike Soroka, they've got answers as well hidden there. Uh, the Mets, uh, the Nats and the Phils, on the other hand, are just trying to fill out the five with five competent guys right now. Quick pause for the cause here on Locked on Nationals podcast. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family-run business serving auto parts customers online for nearly 20 years. Go to rockauto.com today shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. They know what we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Uh, you know, this is the time of year in spring when we start looking with fans, podcast hosts, radio hosts, whoever it is, writers, you start looking at over-unders. Uh, the over-under, I was looking at it the other day, courtesy, it might have moved a little, uh, courtesy of our friends, of course, over at uh, betonline.ag. I think it had the Nationals 84, 85 wins. Is that a fair number in your opinion? You're buying the over-under right at that mark. Uh, where are you at in terms of wins? It's hard to know with this division. Of course. It it, once again, I, I, what is the exact number of team times you play your opponents in your division? What 19. 19. 19. Um, I always think it's so interesting to pick an odd number, right? That's well, because it's, you play three home series, three road series, and one of them's always you play 10 at one site and nine at the other. Right, which I never it, really understood. <laughs> it, it's more so, well, baseball's got a weird schedule. Like, everyone knows how like the football schedule works, right? It's mm-hmm. one home, one way against say the NFC East, if you're talking, you know, these cities, uh, Eagles, they're playing the Giants, Cowboys, and the Washington football team now, you know, home once, away once, you got those six, then you get an NFC division, an AFC division, those two extra games. The baseball schedule, not to go too deep into it, but yeah, you got 19 against your division, so it's a total of 76 games. Then now there's the guaranteed inter- interleague play aspect, which this division's playing the AL East this year, which is you know, you and then you factor in interleague rivals and you play one home and one road series against the NL. So it's more just adding it up to that 162 is why you get the extra game. But it does rotate and ultimately it does even itself out. So that's why it comes out to 19. But it's yeah, I knew it was an odd number. It's six total series. It's three. Yes. The Nats will make three trips to Philly and the Phillies will make three trips to Washington. So, you know, you kind of play that out, right? I mean, it's going to end up being, let's see. Yeah, you guess you play the team's division. 19 times a piece. It ends up being what 76 games uh, out of your, in your schedule. So it's a lot. That, that's a number of difficult games. And it's yeah. yes, it's, yes, it's it large, is. you know, 162 games. That's about 50% of your season, just, just shy of it. Right. And then you add in, you know, the times we have to play the other contending teams. Look, I know there's some breaks in there. You know, we go to, but here's the thing is 
I think these but every, seasons, everyone plays those teams. Everyone, whoever the bottom right. players are, everyone gets them. Uh, and I, I, yeah, exactly. And I think the important thing is for teams like the Nats, the Phillies, and we go back to this is that when you go to Colorado, you take advantage of your opportunities. When you go to Arizona, you, you know, usually a frisky team, take advantage of your opportunities because there's a good chance that the Atlanta's the world, the Mets, the world, the Padres, the world, they do those things. Um, and so if, you know, if you drop a couple games there, you know, head to head with them, um, you know, it cuts both ways. If you, let's say you win a couple games against the Braves, you know, that you didn't think you were going to win. Don't lose those games uh, to the Rockies. You know, don't lose those spaces back when you play the, play the Rockies. Right. And that's kind of the key. And that's why starting pitching and bullpen matters, right? Those, you know, those teams, you know, those games where you're trotting out John Lester out there and you feel like you should be winning that game and he gets tagged. You know what I mean? Like you got to be there to make sure you bring some offense and, and still are able to win those games. So <laughs> That's, that's, start, that's, you mentioned Colorado, especially starting a guy like him at Coors Field. Right, exactly. And I, that's that's where my concern goes. These, I think they're, I think the Nats and the Phillies are competitive within the division because that's that's what's going to elevate them. It's can you bring that same energy? Do you have the ability, the talent, you know, to to make up for whatever you lack? I guess you know those nights in the road, right? I think those are the big questions that are going to be asked of the Phillies and the Nats this year of what's going to be a long, grueling season that, you know, they're not – they're used to playing long, grueling seasons, right? But we're now two years removed from one of those. And I, I think that's a big factor we have to take into account as Some, well. Something that I, I don't even think is getting necessarily enough discussion around baseball, and I don't think the Phillies or the Nationals necessarily specifically are going to start out with this. Let's say there's another COVID outbreak at some point. I know the season is a little – they're given more off days uh, these days than they used to. Let's say there's a COVID outbreak or something – or they just need to spread out these pitchers because they need to get more acclimated to a 162 game marathon again. We could see some teams go to a six man rotation at some point. Let's say someone gets injured and you need to factor someone. Like I was sitting here looking at the Phillies rotation of like, okay, if one guy gets hurt, that means we're going back to Velasquez again. Like that's where I don't like right, bring right. the idea of bringing them back. Okay, we now we're looking at a COVID outbreak and now they're playing a series of double headers again. You have to go to six seven men in the rotation i don't think you can just get you know skate by this entire season with five starters i think it's a little naive to think that especially this year of all years when you figure maybe there's an uptick in pitching injuries again i'm not trying to hope for anything i'm just being realistic all right one more quick pause in the action today on the locked on nationals podcast today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag you guys know the deal football season's over but Everything is in full swing still at betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You've got the NBA, college basketball, the NHL. All those things are in full swing. MLB spring training, awards television, TV shows, reality shows, anything you could want, they've got it there with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline as you covered with all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place all of your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website right now on your mobile device or on your computer you receive a 50% bonus when you guys use that promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N locked on. If you guys deposit 100, they'll give you $50 extra. It's a 50% bonus. That's how it works. Once again, guys, bet online, your online sports book experts. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar, guys. You know the deal right now. Go to bar underscore built. They are having Built Bar Madness. They're kind of round. Uh, their tournament they're having, they place built bars up against each other. You guys can vote on your favorites. Make sure you guys put coconut, uh, the coconut brownie chunk one through the end. That's that's the best one. We all know that. I'm kidding, but you guys can go there uh, and vote for your favorites right now. And when you guys go to their website, 
BuiltBar.com. When you guys order, use that promo code LOCKEDON20. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-2-0 for 20% off on your next purchase at BuiltBar.com. Uh, if you guys are college basketball fans, this coming Sunday, uh, we're going to have a Selection Sunday show. It's going to be Ben Stevens and myself, because I'm actually the Locked On Big 12 podcast host as well. We're going to be hosting the Bracket Reveal uh, live reaction show, so you guys will be able to come and join us on uh, Locked On Live, Locked On Twitter accounts will have it too, Twitch, wherever you guys uh, want to watch us, you guys, you, you can find us there. We'll be reacting live to the bracket reveal. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and we'll help you guys fill out your bracket. So make sure you guys are locked in uh, on Sunday to the Locked On Bracket Reveal uh, March Madness show. Yeah, after, well, after what we saw last year, I mean, I, you know, it's, I've mentioned this a lot, like they're pitchers are creatures of habit, right? And you break, then we broke those habits last year of how they ramp up and the cost was astronomical. Uh, so many pitching injuries. And, and we're going to see managers go back to actually managing 162, like not all these bullpen changes because every game has two and a half times the importance. Like they're going to have to get through season. So maybe they just say, we got to let this guy work through it. And he, what if he does, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. But we can't be managing a game on April 23rd we, we have to be thinking about May, June, July, August, and September. You can't be Gabe Kapler. You know, you can't, you can't be doing it. It's, it's not tournament baseball every single day. Yeah, right. Uh, so to answer your original question, I would go, what did you say? It was 84? Uh, 84, 85 have been the numbers floating around. Okay. So I, I would go 85. I would go 85 on the nose is actually my pick. Okay. Uh, so you, I, have, you have an 85 win season. If it's 84 and a half. It's 84 yeah. and a half and taking the over. If it's, if it's, if it's, uh, if it's 85 and a half, you're taking the under. I'm, you're taking the under. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the fine margins there. That's, that's where I go with that. It's funny. I think that's about where I'm at with the Phillies, actually. Um, I would say maybe if the Nationals, I think, could even be a little bit higher than that. Just looking again from an outsider's perspective. The Phillies number has been like 81, 82, somewhere in that yeah, range. What do you think there? What do you think? I, I think, I think mid 80s is realistic. I think, you know, if everything goes right. Again, they could compete for a second wild card spot in the high 80s or something like that. I think it's more realistic if you're asking me for a number. Actually, 85 is the number I've been rolling out for the Phillies recently, somewhere in that range. I think they do ultimately miss the playoffs. I think they will get back to a winning season uh, because the team looks a lot different than it did a year ago. Uh, granted, it is a very difficult division, and I'm not expecting them to compete with the Braves and teams like the Dodgers and the Padres when you look at the scope of the NL just yet. But I, I think and maybe this is just fool's gold because it seems like the masses are looking at 81. Like there are a few games better than that. Like this feels better. They've been 500 the past few years. Like hmm. you just took a shot at uh, my guy, Gabe Kapler over here. Like he had the team 500 two years in a row. Right, right. And, and this is a better team than those teams were. Yeah. Like and you have Joe Girardi for whatever he's worth. And they were two games below 500 last year. I'm like, this is better than a 500 team. Like I get why the marker is where it is. And. I'm not saying they'll be miles ahead of it, but I'm like, it's got to count for something, right? Yeah. No, I feel you. All right, Dan, where can people find you and your podcasts and your uh, other work? That's variety. Uh, follow the podcast at LO underscore Phillies locked on Phillies. Tweet out all of the podcast links uh, from that account. And my personal Twitter account at Dan underscore will uh, at Dan underscore Wilson for, uh, for everything Phillies related, everything Philly sports related, Sometimes I crack some jokes, some laughs, uh, whatever, anything you need to get through your day. I, I got it for you. Uh, Dan underscore Wilson four on Twitter. You can follow me at Josh neighbors underscore follow the show at LO underscore nationals. 
Dan, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Josh, the pleasure is yours. All right, that will do it for today's show, guys. Tomorrow, we will have that spring training recap. We'll talk about the week that was performances that stuck out throughout the course of the week. And I'll have some analysis for you guys as well. Best way to do it, the games are not on TV. Just take the whole week and then see what we can glean as we head towards opening day less than uh, three weeks away now at this point is opening day 2021 i am fired up i hope you guys are too for some nats baseball just for baseball in general to be back all right you guys in the deal follow us on twitter at lo underscore nationals follow me at josh neighbors underscore until next time my friends please stay safe